Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living.
You guys move me, so I have to center myself when I come up. <laughs> oh, man. Happy uh, St. Patrick's Day again. Um, I, I heard this cute little joke about these, uh, and I'm going to move right into it, about these 80-year-old um, women who were driving on a freeway, and they were more, more close to 90. And so they got pulled over by the, the police, and when the officer came up to talk to the, the, um, the older lady who was driving, he said, ma'am, did you realize that you were going 35 miles per hour on the freeway? She's like, yes, I, I realized that, officer. And he said, uh, but why are you going so slow, ma'am? And she said, well, the sign says 35. And he said, no, ma'am, that's the sign of the highway. This is freeway, this is highway 35. And he said, but why do your, patient, do your uh, passengers look so terrified? She said, oh, we just got off Highway 95. <laughs> you know what that reminded me of? My brother's first car the one, um, was a Mustang GT. It had a T-top that came off. And we were on our way to college, and he uh, would always stop at the, traffic, the, at the red lights and rev his engine, vroom, vroom, right? So one time, he's sitting there revving his engine, vroom, vroom. And then the lady, the, um, the driver next door was revving her, I mean, you know, in the car next door was revving her engine, too. We looked over, and it was an older lady. And she had a sports car, too. And then the light turned red, and she burned rubber. And my brother just kept on going real slow. Yeah, I said, why did you speak? He said, she intimidated me. <laughs> an old lady? That was so funny. I thought that was so cute. So we are in the month of March, which uh, represents wisdom. And last week we went deep into the idea of trusting in the wisdom of God. And this week I want to piggyback off of it a little bit more because there are a lot of things that keep us from trusting God and keep us from having and uh, knowing where to go when we have problems or trusting when we have a problem or a question that there is an answer. For every problem, there is an answer. For every, and, and as a matter of fact, problems are just like questions seeking an answer, seeking some type of solution. But there's always an answer. And that answer is always God. Always. And last week, we talked about how there may be things that we pray for, finances, a relationship, even a new home to live in, a job. And we were talking about how, well, God was expressing through me how it is not really the object or the thing that we are praying for or searching for. It's the expression of God that we will feel when we get it. So when you have finances, you feel secure. You feel taken care of. When you have a nice, warm place to live, you feel comfortable. You feel safe. When you have a relationship with someone else, what you want, what you're seeking in that experience is an expression of companionship or an expression of love. And what we were talking about last week was that that can only truly come from God. It cannot come from anything outside of God. So when you get into a space, have you ever had a moment where you prayed for something and it seemed like your prayer wasn't answered? Anybody? Or know of somebody? Or 
Have you had those moments where you prayed for something and you got it and it wasn't what you thought? It makes you wonder, why, are the, why is that so? It wasn't the right answer. There's something inside us that blocked it. And as, I, as I've been studying this and preparing, it, it, well, I've been reading this book, Effectual Prayer. I'm teaching a class over at Unity of Livonia called Prayer with Intuition, and I will teach it here too. But in the book, Francis Falks talks about how there are three major components to prepare yourself to receive answered prayer. And the first one is faith, and then vision, and then expectation. So you have strong faith that it is so. And then you see it. So I always say, believe it, see it, be it, expect it. She says, to have faith in it, and as strong as your faith is, you move into a space of seeing it in your life, which is the visioning it. And when you vision in your life, you expect that it's going to be so. But there's still those moments when we go through those steps that we may not have an answered prayer. But there's always an answer to the prayer. And the prayer is always God. So if we're seeking God, and we know that God's the answer to the prayer, why do some prayers still go unanswered? Or why is it when we get what we prayed for, it still doesn't feel right? Today I am going to talk about the, I'm going to discuss the theme, there is always an answer. And I want to use the scriptures that come from the gospel according to Matthew is chapter 6. In here, the part that I'm using is where he's teaching about money and possessions. And he's teaching about how to prepare yourself to pray correctly. The first thing he says in, in this section, well, he talks about that I'm going to discuss, because he talks about a lot of things here, but I'm going to just go where I'm starting. And that's in, in verse 25. And he says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. So that's things like what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what, how you're going to pay your bills, all of those things, anything dealing with your everyday life. He says, don't worry about it. And then as he moves a little bit further down, he says, these things dominate thoughts of unbelievers. There's something deeper in there too. Jesus says when you, God is spirit. So when you worship, you have to worship in spirit. When you come before God in prayer, you have to remove those worries and those doubts. You have to remove any form of unbelief. It's like, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because in those moments of unbelief, your human side is feeling unworthy of the beautiful spiritual energy of the prayer that you're trying to put out there. Does that make sense? When you seek God, you have to go into the closet. There's a reason Jesus said that. Going into the closet means that you should go into a space of seeking God first. But there's another piece in there too. There's a piece in there that's the second part of this part where he says, don't worry. He says, but your, your heavenly father already knows all your needs. He doesn't say your father. 
He says, your heavenly father already knows the needs. This is why. Because when you go to pray to God, you go into the space within yourself, you touch the Christ within you. The Christ within you is the divine idea of God in man. It's the spirit man. It's the part when people say Jesus Christ is the part where Jesus tapped into the Christ and became the Christ in the physical realm. When you say Christ Jesus is because Jesus manifested superior and walked above what it is in the physical realm. He tapped into this Christ of himself, and then when he prayed and touched somebody, they were healed. That was Christ Jesus because the Christ became manifest in him. It's when you bring forth and you manifest. You have to touch. The deep has to touch the deep. So when you go into prayer, you leave behind those doubts and those worries. How do we do that? I love how Jesus is. I'll tell you how we do that. Jesus gives instructions right in this section. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. He says, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So the first thing is to seek the kingdom of God above all else. That means when you go into yourself, when you go into the, the space to pray, you don't pray outside. You go inside. You allow yourself to quiet down. You allow yourself to get into that, that silent space within yourself. And when you close your eyes, oh, I forgot to turn off my ringer. When you close your eyes and you go inside, you tap into the Christ inside. The only way you can truly tap into anything dealing with God is to go inside of the God that's in you, the Christ in you. The Christ in you is where you meet God. It's in the subconscious realm of your very being. So you consciously drop down into your Christ self. I, I, I always say, if you say, I am, that brings you there. I am. And the more you put in the consciousness you truly want to be in touch with, I am, you close your eyes and you say, I am. And then you pray what, you pray from that space. That's why Jesus says, close, go into the closet. Go into the closet means don't look at anything outside of you. That has nothing to do with what's going on in your life. That's the outpicturing of what's going on in your life. Your true life is the spirit of Christ that dwells within you. And when you tap into the spirit of Christ that dwells within you and you ask, what is it that I desire? God will tell you. So when you seek first the kingdom of heaven, that means all things God and all things that are true. I seek all things God together. I seek all things God. I seek only truth together. I seek only truth. When you say that and you really say it, sometimes you can even hold your heart, go into your space. When you say that, you activate it. You activate it. And then living righteousness, living righteously. Righteously means right-minded thinking. That's the right side of the brain, which is your spiritual side of your brain. 
It's tapping into that part of your brain. It also means living the truth that you know. We know that, don't we? Isn't that one of our principles in unity? The fifth unity principle. We live the truth that we know. It's not enough to know the principles that we are one with God, that, that God is the only power and presence active in our life and in the universe. That's the first one. It's not, it's not um, good enough to know that I am one with that power of God, and since God is absolute good, I'm absolute good. It is not it is not enough to say that thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. It is not enough to say that if I align myself with God in me through prayer meditation and I release the power of error thinking and false thinking and then I affirm the truth, it is not enough to do that thing. That's only preparing your mind to walk in the truth of what you're saying. You have to live righteously. When you live righteously and move into Christ, you move away from that thing that you do not desire. You move into the spirit of God that you do. And the last piece he says is that all these things will be given unto you. But he said, what does he say? He says that, and he will give you everything you need. You know what? When you are in Christ, there is never a need. There's never a need. Ever. There's always a desire. Because there's always that part in you that is Christ that wants to push forward and move you forward. Because you are an infinite spirit. We are infinite spirit living in a human expression. And spirit always wants us to move to a higher expression of who God is. So we have to release any feelings of unworthiness that are there. Any doubts that are there. Any worries that are there. And I, I was, when I was researching this, I was... Uh, Reading about Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and how he went into a space of fear and worry. One day, he got a call. You might have heard the story where someone said the N-word on the other line and said, leave, move, or we will bomb your home and shoot you in the head. He said that really unnerved him. Now, he was convicted in knowing what he was supposed to do in life. He was convicted. He said in that moment he knew that he had to move into a deeper relationship with God. He didn't have a relationship with God that strong because he was worrying and unnerved. Doubt crept in there. He didn't feel worthy of this. And then he started worrying about his family. Whenever worry creeps in there, you're not rooted. And I promise you, as high up as you get, you will have moments where spirit wants to push you further and you will have a moment where it seems like something hits you and it may shake you. And that's perfect that that happens because it's called chemicalization. It's that part inside of you that feels unworthy of where you are in the high expression of God. You ever heard of um, the squeaky wheel gets the oil? Those thoughts that come up, get your attention to remove the power of them and then affirm the truth. He said that he was sitting at the table. He went and got some coffee, and he was sitting at the table, and he saw himself staring in a cup of coffee, and he was realizing, I I'm not connecting with God. And he started asking God to come forth. And when he did that, he started hearing God. I have it here, what he said he heard. Powerful. He said he actually heard Jesus. He said, I discovered then that religion had to become real to me 
and I had to know God for myself, not just preach it, know God for myself. There's a difference in saying it and intellectually, oh, I can tell you and espouse all these things in these scriptures to you, and I know what the scriptures mean spiritually, but there's a difference, in, or I understand, I'll say it that way, I understand what the scriptures mean spiritually, and I can explain it to you, but there's a difference in knowing it. He says that he bowed down over that cup of coffee. He said, I'll never forget it. He said, I said, Lord, I'm down here trying to do what's right. I think I'm right. I think the cause we represent is right. He said, but Lord, I must confess that I am weak now. You ever have moments where you feel weak? Now, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King, who was this strong presence, had his weakness. Jesus had his weakness. Lord, take this cup. If it be your will, take this cup. But if it be your will, let your will be done. He had moments too. Martin Luther King went on to say, uh, I am faltering. I'm losing my courage. And it seems to me at that, that, and he said it seemed to him at that moment he could hear an inner voice saying to him, Martin Luther, stand up for righteousness, spiritual thinking, truth, live righteously. Stand up for justice, stand up for truth. And lo, I will be with you even until the end of the world. He said he heard the voice of Jesus saying, still to fight on. He said, he promised never to leave me. And that's what Jesus is saying to each and every one of us as well. He says, he would never leave him alone. No, never alone. Never alone. He says, he promised never to leave me alone. And then, of course, and then three days later, his house did get bombed, but everybody was okay. And every time he had a moment of temptation of going into fear again, he remembered this. When you get touched by God deeply, I've had my moments of being touched by God. And the last time was when my sister was going through her thing, and I'm watching her slip away. But I'm sitting there saying, God Almighty, God Almighty, touching her head. There's a picture. My brother took a picture of my sister when she was slipping away. And my hand is on her head, touching her, saying, Almighty God, Almighty God, Almighty God. Standing in that space of peace, and God's touching me. And God was holding and still touches and holds me. But there's two types of perception that we go through, that we waver in between, that creates duality. And see, the reason I'm talking about this is faith is the perceiving power of the mind linked with the power to shape substance. When you have strong faith, nothing can move you. Nothing. You may sway side to side, go back, do the matrix. But you can't be removed because you're rooted. It's like being rooted near some water and you grow strong. The first perception is without God, without Christ consciousness. And when, we ha- when we're in that space, which is where Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King was in that moment, all you can see is the world and, ha- and you get caught up in the worries of it and something's going to happen and you start faltering and getting afraid, your body gets afraid, all of those things happen. That's without Christ consciousness. And then there's within Christ consciousness. And when you're within Christ consciousness, which is what the kingdom of heaven is, remember it says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. That was the first part of the scripture. The kingdom of heaven is Christ consciousness. 
So whenever you hear somebody say, seek the kingdom of heaven or um, the kingdom of heaven is within you, Jesus says that often. He's talking about Christ's consciousness. He's talking about the spirit man within each and every one of us, which is the divine idea of who we were created in the image and likeness of God. Does that make sense? When you are within Christ's consciousness, you focus on seeing God. This is deeper. Oh, God keeps moving me deeper. I'm telling you, God keeps moving me deeper. Ooh, I'm excited. You move into the essence of God as you. You move into that not only is God what you're seeking, but you are already one with it in the spirit of it. You're one with it. You're one with security. You're one with companionship. You're one with love. You're one with truth. You're one with wisdom. All of those things, you are already one with it. Whatever it is that you want in your life, knowledge, understanding, you're already one with it. You're one with the presence of God. The answer is always there. You are the answer. I am the answer. If I'm one with it, I can't not be it. I am the answer. So you don't have to feel unworthy of it. You are it. There's a, a, a song that says, uh, and he walks with me and he talks with me. What is that? How does that go? Me, I'm his own. You're right there with me? <laughs> yeah. But, and he tells me I am his own. The reason why we can receive that God, we are God's own is because we are God's own. We are God's own expression, an individualized expression of God that can never be duplicated. You can't ever be duplicated. Lucy, you can't ever be duplicated. You can't ever be duplicated. Michael, you can't. Roxanne, none of us can ever be duplicated. <laughs> but the presence of God that dwells in each and every one of us can be expressed through each and every one of us and can be relied on as the answer to any problem. Because every problem, like I said, is a question seeking an answer. Ask and what you shall find. Seek and what you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be open. Every time you ask, you're asking for a fuller expression of you to come forth. That's what you're asking for because you're one with it. You're asking for it to come forth. You're seeking to be that higher expression, and you don't know what it is in your human self. Only God knows it. That's why you seek the kingdom of God within you, and you be it. There's another story I read about Abraham Lincoln. This hasn't been proven to be historically true, but he was, walk, he was sitting with some ministers during the Civil War. It says, during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln met with a, couple, a group of ministers before a prayer breakfast. Lincoln was not a churchgoer, but he was a man of deep faith. He said, at one point, the minister said, Mr. President, let us pray that God, be on, that God is on our side. Lincoln, our side. Lincoln's response to him was far, had a far greater insight. He said, gentlemen, let us pray that we are on God's side. 
We don't pray for God to move. God is never going to move. God will always be the same. God is absolute divine law and get absolute divine law that is absolute divine good. And that you are that. You pray so you move out of your way to be the expression of it. You pray that you become the answer for the very thing that you are seeking. And you don't even pray that you become the answer. You pray that you remember that you are the answer. We are the, I am the answer to every prayer. Together, I am the answer to every prayer. I let it be. I let it be. Now, this is the thing. God is always whispering words of wisdom in our ear. Always. Are you listening? When you're in deep conversation with something, somebody, like we're in deep conversation, it can all be all this stuff going on. You can't really, you're not really listening to it, right? But you hear it in the background, right? But if, you, if we stop and start focusing on them, we can hear and listen to them, right? That's what God's doing to us. God's whispering to us and talking to us and giving us words of wisdom. And we're so focused on the outside world. How am I going to handle this? How am I going to do this? And calling each other up to get answers. And God's whispering it to us all along. The still small voice. We have to stop, seek God first, live righteously, and let it come to us. I let it be. Together. I let it be. Say it again. Say it one more time. I am the answer. Together. Do you believe it? Yes. Do you see it? Yes. Do you know it? Yes. Are you going to be it? Yes. Okay, that's it. Thank you. God bless you. See